You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 22 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the third season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Hi everyone, today we're going to talk about how I got started in newborn photography. A lot of people ask, how did I get started? And have I always done newborns and did I do them before children or how did it all happen? A lot of people that come to my workshops or my training are working full-time jobs that may have nothing to do with newborn photography and are trying to figure out how to transition. I've had people in my workshops that are on a second career or a third career You know, I've had age ranges from, I think the youngest student I've had was 16 to people in their 70s. You know, what's great about photography is you really can do it at any age, which is is wonderful. You can have a full career, you know, in something else and then retire and decide to do photography in your retirement. Or you can be a young budding photographer and do it, you know, your whole life. You know, for me, I had never planned on being a newborn photographer up until the day that I quit my full-time job. Now, I had been an amateur for 10 years. From 19 to 29, I was an amateur photographer. Now, a lot of people would say, well, how did you become an amateur photographer? If you don't know anything about me, I'm an adopted child. I'm Puerto Rican, and I was adopted by a family where my dad was born and raised in Argentina, and my mom was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. So they, by all accounts, you know, 60 some years ago, were an interracial family and they, uh, and bilingual as well. And so they adopted me at a very young age. And when I came to them, I had been, you know, abandoned by my birth mother and taken by a child protective services. And I certainly didn't go into my adopted family with a suitcase of clothing and a photo album. Most children that are in, you know, with Child Protective Services don't really have anything but the clothes on your back. So early on, I knew that, you know, I was being adopted. I knew that I was having a new family. You know, I was four. I I knew what was going on. As the years went along, uh, my family was always very involved in taking photos. All of my dad's family was in Argentina. And so taking photos of just our everyday happenings and dinners and holidays were very much the norm. And photos would be printed and they would be sent to South America. So I was raised in a family where photos were important. Looking back at my childhood home, we never had a large family portrait hanging on the wall above the fireplace. We never had any printed pictures that were hanging on our walls. My mom loved interior design. And so our walls were either painted with amazing color or she loved hanging wallpaper and lots of decorative mirrors and and paintings. We have painters in the family, Uh, but no family portraits were printed and hung on the wall. Why? I, I just think at that time, the home was more decorative and people weren't really hanging family photos. If you go to my parents' home now, there are family photos, you know, all over the house um, and in a lot of my siblings' houses as well. So with that being said, photography was an important part of our life in that it was just, yes, let's document our family and let's make sure we share the photos. 
I went to a private boarding school uh, my last two years of high school that was in New Jersey. And when I was there, my love for photos really took on a whole new meaning because it was just, you know, we were in a home and there were other girls going to this boarding school. And, you know, it was just our way of passing time and and taking photos, much like people, you know, kids take selfies now, although we weren't taking selfies at the time. We would put the cameras on self-timers and, you know, I wish I could go back and remember what the first camera I had was. I'm pretty sure it was little 110 cameras. They were always inexpensive. Uh, you know, my dad always had cameras as well. And I wish, I wish if I had one wish, I would have saved like every camera I've ever had. That that would have been so cool. If you're listening to this and you're young, that would be my advice. Save every camera you've ever had. Just because I think it would be such a cool collection to have every photo, of, every camera I'd ever touched. I think that would be cool looking back. But I had no idea I wanted to be a photographer. And I can't say that I loved taking photos of myself. I never really thought I was attractive. I was picked on when I was younger for, you know, I looked differently. My skin was different. And I I definitely wasn't that teenager, that vain teenager that, you know, we have a lot now with TikTok and social media and things like that. But I did love photography. Where everything changed, I think, was when my first nephew was born. He was born in April of 1992. So 29 years ago. And it was the first time I had seen a four-generation relationship. So my grandfather, my dad, my brother, and my nephew. And I remember, oh, my grandfather was amazing. And he just fawned over this first grandchild. It was a huge, huge, huge deal. It's my older brother, Jonathan's nephew, Joshua, who is now engaged. I recently saw him at my mother's funeral and he's just handsome. And I just remember when he was born and he was just so cherished by everybody in the family. That was where my camera really started to shine. I was absolutely in love with how beautiful this little boy was. And my other brother, Stephen, had two daughters, Elizabeth and Rebecca, shortly after. My brother, Jonathan, had Joshua and Nathan. So in my 20s, when I was going to school, I ended up having two nieces and two nephews all within a few years of each other. My nieces are now married and Nathan, uh, my youngest nephew, just had a baby. My oldest nephew is engaged. I, I can't even believe it. When they were all born, you know, I was the youngest of five, you know, so I'm still in school and I'm, you know, going home to see my family and, you know, visiting the nephews and babysitting them and playing with the nieces. And I was Aunt Anna with a camera for almost 10 years. And so whenever I could see them, I took tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of photos. I have an amazing photo that I love of my sister-in-law, Jill, holding, you know, the first niece, Elizabeth. And I remember her just laying against her chest. And it was my first real mother and daughter portrait. I remember when Joshua was just, you know, sitting in a diaper, you know, outside. And, you know, he was my first baby portrait. But even though I was so in love with them, there wasn't a point where I was like, oh, well, now I'm going to become a professional photographer. Because at the time, there really weren't any female photographers. There was Anne Geddes, of course. 
I had all of her books, her calendars. I admired her work greatly. I bought all of the books from Ansel Adams because I was very fascinated with the black and white work and it was film at the time. And so I, you know, was in the dark room and taking camera classes and I was just obsessed with classic black and white imagery. Ansel was kind of my guide for that. And I was obsessed with babies. Being the youngest of five and not having anybody younger than me, I loved babies. My first love of babies was in the church nursery because being raised in the church, church is boring when you're a kid. And so I learned pretty quickly that if I worked in the church nursery, I didn't have to sit in the entire church service that went on forever and forever and forever. So I was in the church nursery helping at 12 years of age. I also babysat at a very young age. I loved babies, loved children. I mean, it was just uh, to hold a baby was my favorite. And now I look at my youngest daughter, Ava, and she's exactly the same way. She's been babysitting since she was 12. She's CPR certified. A lot of my clients hire her for babysitting. She loves babies. And I look at her and I just smile because I was exactly the same way. I don't know if it's being the youngest child or what, but my love for babies was very early on. I knew I wanted to be a mother. I knew I wanted children. That was, that was a given before anything else. Photography was amazing to me. Being able to be in the dark room and see a picture, you know, show up in the developing tank was amazing. I still think of it to this day. It's being in that dark room. If, if you know anything about developing film and if you've ever had that experience, there's nothing else like it. And there's no, nowhere else I'd rather be when I was in my twenties. So I spent 10 years as an amateur. And when I say 10 years, I didn't take any money for any of the photo sessions I did. I would photograph anyone, anywhere, anytime, no questions asked, give them pictures, end of story. I just loved it. I entered in some competitions. I won some awards. It was fun. It was a hobby, but it certainly wasn't my day job. And I don't recall any point where I said, oh, I can't wait to quit and start photography. That just didn't happen in my brain. I went to school and I majored in accounting and then I ended up becoming a web designer at a very early age and developing intranets and coding by hand. And I was very much into web so much that I had a photography portfolio before I was 25. My photography portfolio was all of my nieces and nephews and all of the free sessions that I had done and purely was just for my own experience. I mean, I was already developing and designing intranets and intranets. So why not have a photography website? I've always done multiple things. I've always had multiple jobs. And my extension of photography was just one of those things. Well, long story short, I continued my journey from 19 to 29 doing photography as a hobby. Being in the darkroom as much as humanly possible. Being in the darkroom as much as I humanly possibly could. And photographing as much as I humanly possibly could. I took a lot of photography courses, a lot. I met a man at the consulting company that I was working with and we got engaged and we ended up getting married. Now he was moving back to California. And so we got engaged in actually Puerto Rico. And then we, at 29, we drove cross country from New York to California, found a condo to live in in Huntington Beach, went to Sedona to Arizona and had a small wedding of about 50 people of our closest family and friends, went to Mexico for our honeymoon and came back and resigned in California. 
So coming to California, I had a new name. Anna Brandt was my married name. It's my third name. I had a biological name, my adopted name, and then Anna Brandt is my third name, my married name. And when I came here, one of the first things I did was enrolled in a photography class at Golden West College. Why? Because I loved taking photos and I wanted to be in the dark room. And it was my hobby. It was a huge hobby. It was what I spent every minute doing. I had a used camera from eBay. I had used filters. All of my equipment that I had was all used from eBay. I was a big eBay purchaser and seller. And so being, you know, moving from East to West, I didn't know anybody in California, but the man that I married. I didn't have one friend here. I didn't have any family members here. And I had a new name. So no one, no one knew anything about me and I didn't know anything about anybody else here. So why not enroll in a camera class? And so I did. I also rode horses all through my twenties. I rode horses. I started riding as a teenager and I went to a equestrian horseback riding camp when I was, I think I was 14 years of age and then went to a boarding school that had an equestrian program. And so I really loved riding. And then in my 20s, I was very active in Pilates, yoga, and horseback riding. Those were kind of my hobbies besides photography. So coming to California, I immediately started doing Pilates and yoga, enrolled in Golden West College for the photography class, and started horseback riding at the Huntington Beach Equestrian Center. Those were the things that I loved to do. And so I did them. My new husband at the time traveled all the time. So I had a lot of very much alone time here in California and I didn't have any friends. So why not spend this time either on a horse or in the dark room or exercising? And so that's what I did. My last photography course that I took was at Golden West College. And I had a photographer, I had a professor who I don't think I really loved. And I'm older now, I'm 29. And the people that are in this class are much younger than me. At the end, when I handed in my portfolio, that was my final assignment for the class, my professor looked at me and said something that I will never, ever forget. I forget the name of the professor, but I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me right in the eyes and said, I've been trying to figure out all semester long why you're in my class. If you're looking for someone to tell you to go do the work that you were born to do, then here I am. Go do it. True story. And I just looked at him and left, not thinking that was the last class I'm ever going to take, not thinking I'm going to quit everything and become a professional photographer, wondering why he said that to me. Shortly thereafter, I had taken a job at an advertising agency in Lake Forest because the consulting company that I was working for that relocated us from the East to the West ended up laying me off. And I was a web project manager at the time. And I basically trained my replacement over there. And I immediately took another job at this advertising agency as a web project manager. And I was making good money. And I was doing well. And I was at the height of my career. And everything was fine. And I received a, a newsletter in the mail for child models. And on the back, I noticed that there was advertising spots for photography. And so I called the agency and said, uh, how much would it be to place this ad? I think it was like $25 a month or something. I said, I'm a new photographer. 
I've moved from the East to the West and I would like to place an ad. Now, did I have a photography business? Mm, Not really. I had a website. I made a business card and I had a portfolio because I had spent the past 10 years in the darkroom. And so I had a printed portfolio basically for school, but they didn't know that. And so they said, sure, you can place an ad, but do you want to bring your portfolio in? Because we're looking for other photographers to add to our list of recommended photographers when we sign a new child model. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love photography. I love children. How hard could this be? And so I said, sure. I went down, I met with them and they signed me on as to be one of several photographers that they would refer when they signed a child model to their agency. The child model would need to get headshots and they would come to one of the photographers and I was one of them. And so here I was becoming a professional photographer, but not really. I still had my day job. And all of a sudden was I, was I no longer an amateur, but, but I didn't, I didn't really know. What did I know? Well, I knew how to use my camera. I knew how to develop film. I knew that I loved children. That was pretty much it. Well, I still had my day job. So my day job was, you know, working as a web project manager, building websites. I also owned my own side business of building websites that I ended up selling. I also hand colored photographs for fun because I love to hand color black and white photographs. And I had built this site called handcolor.com in which I brought artists from around the world and would showcase their work. And I had an online store for selling hand coloring oils. So not only was I a hobbyist, I had an e-commerce site. I had a wholesale. I mean, I had a wholesale account. I had a seller's permit and I resold these oils. I collaborated with artists from around the world that I had never met that were amazing. I remember Jill Enfield was one of them. She's written tons of books and has a long career and she would display her work on my site. Brand is called Etna was a company that provided the oils for hand coloring and they ended up buying handcolor.com, the site, the business. I sold it to them when I moved here to California. So I sold my hand color site. I sold my web design business to a friend of mine back East who also was doing websites. I ended up quitting my job one day. I was having a meeting with my boss and we were discussing, I wanted to work at home and we were discussing a few things. And all of a sudden I sat there and one day I looked at him and said, I think I'd like to resign from the company. That was it. And he was like, wait, what? Why I did it at that moment, I have no idea. I wish, I wish I could be a fly in the wall and go back to that very moment. I wish I could rewind the film and watch this 29-year-old girl from New York living this life in California because when I look back at the decisions I made and the choices that I made, there was, I can't say there was no rhyme or reason. There was nothing pre-calculated. I was literally at that moment doing exactly what I felt I was called to do. There was no business plan. There was no forecast. There was a website. There was a checking account because my dad's an accountant. So I knew to do that. There were seller's permits and business licenses and insurance and all the things that I needed to do. And that was it. 
and I quit my day job and I never worked for anybody again. And I became a maternity and newborn photographer overnight. So when I look back at my career and people ask me every single day, how do I get started in newborn photography? How do I become a newborn photographer? How do I become a photographer? And it's, it's, not fair for me to say you just do it, except that the only thing I can say is you just do it. So many times we say, oh, but, but, but I have a day job and that day job pays the bills. So did mine. Well, well, I'm married. So was I. Well, I have kids. I didn't have kids at the time. I don't have experience. I didn't have experience. I had experience, but I didn't have experience. When I became a professional, I had never photographed a newborn before. Now, I had photographed my nieces and nephews, yes. A newborn baby, eight days, 10 days, 12 days, 14s, no, I had not. A maternity client, I had photographed my husband's friends, their their pregnancy sessions, yes. I really didn't have a whole lot of experience. And so when... People come to my workshops and they say, can I come to your workshop? I've never photographed a newborn before. Yes. Can I come to your workshop? I've never photographed a maternity before. Yes. Can I, can I come to your workshop? I've, I've never taken any, taken any paying clients before. Yes. And just keep, keep coming at me because the answer is going to be yes. Because as a trainer, as an educator, I can train someone who's 12, 14, 16, 60, 75. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what experience you've had. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you want to learn and I'm willing to teach and that's it. And if you want to be a photographer, it doesn't matter what experience you have or what you don't have. What do you want to do? You want to be a photographer? Then you need to do it. And you're saying, Anna, there's so many things I need to learn and do. And what camera do I buy? And what lighting do I buy? And, and I don't know how to wrap a baby. And I don't know this. And I don't know that. You don't. But guess what? You've taken the first step to learning. And it's a process. And it's a journey. I didn't know any of these things. And you guys, this was before Facebook, before Instagram. There was no LinkedIn. There was no Google. And there certainly was no Siri on my watch. For some reason at that moment, at 29 years of age, I felt that I needed to do what I was born to do. And did I know that I was born to do what I'm doing? Absolutely not. My journey over the past 22 years, there are some days I look back and I don't even know how I got from point A to point B. I don't even know how I went across to 33 countries. There are some days I don't even know how I'm going to catch my next plane. You know, my daughters the other day, they were joking with me. They're like, mom, you're so smart. We really love you. We think you're super smart, but you cannot seem to get the right channel on Netflix or HBO when you want to watch a show. (laughs) And I started laughing because it's so true. He was like, mom, why can't you understand how to use the remote? I don't understand. You can go to all the way to Dubai and back in 48 hours, but you can't get the Sex in the City new latest show series that you want to watch. You can't get it on your TV. Why is that, mom? And I just start laughing. I'm like, I don't know. There's just no room in my brain for that. But every single time I want to watch a series, I have to say, Ava, and I make her come in my room and like set it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm just exhausted from the day. But it is very much true. If you know me, there's a lot of things I just don't want to do. I don't want to learn how to do. And there's just no room in my brain for it. 
but can I go to Dubai and back and train photographers from five different countries? I can. Can I program my HBO Max Go or Netflix? Or I don't even know what's on my TV right now. Probably not. But here's the thing. If you want to be a newborn photographer, you just do it. It starts with the words, I want to be a newborn photographer. That's it. That's it. The lighting, the camera, the posing, the wrapping, that will come. And so you're going to say, okay, well, Anna, you're not helping me. I need like a a go-to guide. I need a, where do you start? I've done all that, you guys. I teach and travel and train online and all over the world. I have an online education site, bellybabyschool.com that has over 50 courses. How to be a baby photographer is on there, step-by-step of everything you need to know. I have the advanced baby photography class because my students love that class so much. I wrote another one, how to wrap a baby, how to light a baby, how to photograph maternity. That's all there. You can go on YouTube. I have a channel, annabrantvideos.com with over 30, 40 million views. I don't even know how many of which I have tutorial Tuesday where I give you tips and tons of videos there. But not only myself, you can just search newborn photography on YouTube and binge watch for hours watching photographers from around the world. I've written a maternity book. I've written a newborn photography book with over 200 pages that tells you everything you need to put in your studio and what you need to go do or buy or work out of your home. All of this is out there. It's written. The information is endless. Go to Amazon and search newborn photography. There are books. You know, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Google. There's almost too much information out there. When I started, there wasn't anyone out there doing this and Geddes was not teaching. And let me tell you, if she was, I would have been her first student. I wish Engedis had photography workshops. I would have, I would have taken every workshop she had. Absolutely. In-person workshops are invaluable. Take an in-person workshop. I would rather you not even own a camera and borrow a camera and take a photography workshop and do something in-person so you can see and touch and, and understand the process before you bought anything. So many times I meet students in my classes and they've got a $400 camera bag and they've got $5,000 in photography gear and they don't know how to change the white balance in their camera. You need to learn how to do all these things, but I don't want you to go out and spend a ton of money on gear and equipment until you understand the process and learn what it is you need to do to get the job done. Because I started out of my living room in a 1500 square foot condo with a basket from Michael's and cotton from the beauty supply store. You know, my first, you know, materials on a pregnant woman were going to Joann's and buying fabric and using my own lingerie from my own closet. You don't need a lot. My first background was my bed sheet. You don't need a lot. You can start with things that are in your home. People start with their iPhones. What you need is a passion and a willingness for your subject. And if you don't like newborns and you want to photograph dogs or, or pregnancy or models, whatever it is, love your subject because it's going to take a whole lot of patience, knowledge, and understanding. I love newborns. They poop and pee on me daily, yell in my face, you know, vomit down my shirt. I love them madly or I wouldn't tolerate any of that. And whenever men leave my session, they're always like, oh my gosh, are you going to do this again and again and again? And I say, yeah, and I'm going to love every minute of it. How many newborns have I photographed? Thousands thousands. I don't even, I would love to know the number. That's another thing. If I could go back and rewind the the clock, I would have like 
account of every newborn I've ever photographed. I think it's actually impossible to count how many newborns I've actually photographed. It would probably take me a very long time to do that. But it doesn't matter. The minute I decided that I was going to be a newborn photographer, I did it. So, you know, to my listeners, you may have a day job and this may be your hobby. And you may say, well, I can't afford to quit my day job. That's to be debatable. I think people can afford more than they think they can. Because quite often we have a safety net and that safety net is keeping us going. And it's almost sometimes an excuse. So the paycheck could be a safety net because what if you lost your job? You know, because so many times I'll train people or mentor people and they'll go, I can't, I can't. And then they get fired and they're like, uh, now I have no choice. Sometimes I want you to just pretend you're that person who has no choice. I was on a webinar last night with my members and I said, I want you to study photography like you're passing the bar exam. And I've never taken the bar exam, but I've heard it's pretty rigorous and requires hours and hours and hours and hours of studying. So sometimes I wish that people would take this hobby of theirs or their passion or their drive for photography and study it, study for it like you're taking an exam morning, noon, and night, reading books, listening to podcasts, watching videos, you know, and just studying because that's what I did. I read every book I could. I studied and I still do. And I listen and I learn and I'm still learning. I don't feel like I know everything about everything. And I have to challenge myself to try new methods and new ideas. And, you know, I still run a very busy studio in Tustin, California, and I teach and I travel. So it's important for me that I keep myself fresh. So when my clients come in, I'm not using the same boring methods from five years ago. And so keeping my own methods fresh and the latest gear and the latest equipment is important so I can do my day job and then turn around and be able to teach and train others. But I think at the end of the day, if photography is something you want to do, whether it's maternity, whether it's newborn, whether it's maternity, newborn, children, family, seniors, weddings, whatever it is, make that your focus. So then a lot of people say, well, if you didn't have any clients, how did you build your business? One client at a time. One of the very first things I did was I asked the new doctor that I had because I needed a new female doctor here in California. And pretty quickly, I asked if I could put a sign up on the walls in her doctor's office for models for maternity and newborn. I didn't even realize it was called the model call at the time, but that's what I did. It wasn't a social media model call. It was an eight and a half by 11 handwritten sheet of paper taped to her next to the window in her doctor's office. True story. And basically I did free sessions and I would just call it my side hustle. And I would do free sessions for anyone I could. And then I would develop myself an eight by 10 or 11 by 14. I would go to Michael's, Aaron Brothers. I would buy frames. I taught myself framing. I bought books. I watched videos and taught myself all about archival matting and framing. You name it, I had it. I had point driver and everything. I would sit in my garage and I would frame every single one of these. I developed in my spare bedroom, every single picture that hung in this office, I framed them myself and would show up and hang the picture. And it was one client at a time. Pretty much for every free session I did, I ended up earning a client. And that's how I did it. One by one. Did I make a lot of mistakes? Millions. I could fill books and books and books on how many mistakes did I make. 
Did I ruin exposures? Did I overexpose? Did I underexpose? Yes, 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 yes. Did I make mistakes in pricing? Yes. In selling? Yes. With clients? Yes. Yeah, I could, I, you could interview tons of clients that would tell you all the mistakes that I've made across the, across the years. But one thing is for sure is once I made that decision to become a newborn photographer, there was no looking back. It just was that simple. And now it's the year 2022 and I went pro in 1999, you guys, and raised three children along the way, never looking back and never stopping for a second. Through market crashes, through COVID, through quarantine, through pregnancies, through health issues, through marriage issues, I'm still going. And so if you say, how do I become a newborn photographer? You just do. My biggest advice, first and foremost, learn how to use your tool, your camera. I don't care what it is. I don't care what brand it is. I don't care how much you've spent. Learn as much as you can about that camera, every dial, every setting, how to change your shutter, your ISO, your aperture, your white balance, learn what you need to know to use this tool. Then understand lighting, natural light, take a lighting workshop, trial and error, photograph flowers, photograph your dog, photograph your shoes, photograph something over and over and over do some free sessions, do some model calls, build a website and put your work out there and keep going and don't give up. And image by image and client by client, you'll end up building a business or a second business or a third business or taking that hobby into reality one image at a time. I'm Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrant.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrantEducation.com.